When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 96. My guest this week is Jess Rothschild from the Hot Takes and Deep Dive podcast. Right before we started recording, we just received a ton of crazy Bravo news. So we do our best to report what we know and kind of share our thoughts without a whole lot of time to digest them. As you all know, on Tuesday, Evolution Media and Bravo decided to fire Stasi, Kristen, Brett, and Max. After being fired, Stasi's family kind of launched a PR campaign with her mom apparently calling Bravo, having her brother Nikolai have a plea for Bravo to unfire her on Instagram. There's apparently a petition on change.org to try and get Stasi and Kristen rehired. And now Stasi and Kristen have both hired Steve Honig to do their crisis communications PR. He is most well known for representing Lindsay Lohan during her most tumultuous years in front of the media. After hiring Steve, photos surface of Stasi and Bo holding hands. She's wearing kind of a flowy sweater. Um, it's a paparazzi photo that appears staged, which is kind of funny because Stasi made fun of Sheena for staging her own paparazzi photos on Lala's podcast. Now we find out that Stasi and Bo are pregnant, and obviously the timing of this announcement is pretty suspect. Neither one of them have said anything as of today, Sunday, June 14th, on their personal social media accounts. After Stasi and Kristen's firing, a lot of the heat has been moved to Jax Taylor, who has a history of making homophobic, fatphobic, misogynistic comments, um, both on the show, in person, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, He's really known as uh, doing a lot of really garbage things. 
a lot of fans are wondering if Jax and Brittany are going to face sort of any of the same ramifications as Stassi and Kristen. Of course, we also found out that unfortunately, Brittany's mom, Sherry Cartwright, is now in the ICU fighting for her life after a bladder surgery gone wrong. The entire cast has apparently been under a gag order since Tuesday when the news of the firings broke, and I don't believe we will be hearing from them on any of this anytime soon. Who we did hear from was Lisa Vanderpump, who very much distanced herself from Stasi, despite being the person to make Stasi's career what it is today. She unfollowed Stasi on Instagram and then posted a statement that I have not been this frustrated by any of the statements the way I have been frustrated by Lisa Vanderpump's statement. She talks about a lot of things being brought to her attention that she was unaware of from before. She doesn't specifically call out racism, but rather talks about creating a kinder, more just society. And she talks about how she loves and adores all her employees, and she's saddened by the lack of judgment that they displayed. She propped up these people. She hired them. She chose them to be on her reality show. She stayed on as an executive producer this entire time. So for her to put her head in the sand and act like she is not part of the problem, including by not showcasing a more diverse cast, despite having a more diverse um, number of people working at her restaurants, is, is appalling to me. And she talks about, you know, she puts in racism with all forms of cruelty, homophobia, bigotry, and unequal treatment. But over the last few weeks, we've really been focused on racism and not calling it out um, for what it is and specifically putting it along with all other forms of prejudice seems to, I feel like, whitewash what we're trying to discuss and talk about and have a reckoning with. As far as my thoughts are concerned, I'm not sure that my opinion really matters much. The apologies that were made were really not for me. What I can say is that while Stasi and Kristen are definitely responsible for the actions that they took, which endangered Faith's life by calling the police on her for a crime she did not commit, I do not want to overlook the role that both Bravo, Evolution Media, and Lisa Vanderpump played in all of this. It's also not a great look for Stasi to have her mom calling Bravo. She's a 31-year-old woman. She does not need her mom calling. I mean, there's nothing more white privilege than that. All of this being said, I know people are very frustrated at both Kristen and Stasi, and especially at Jax for not getting fired for all of the things that he has done. But I hope this is also a moment to recognize what we can do as individuals and as a society to stand up to anti-black racism, homophobia, transphobia, and all of the other ills plugging our society today. I hope that everyone saves some of the energy that they are using to kind of be frustrated with Jax and with Bravo and with Stasi and with Kristen to make sure that you register to vote in every single election, no matter how small do some background research on the candidates. I found out that Brittany's pastor, the family pastor that was supposed to marry her and Jax, that was known to have made some really awful homophobic comments on Facebook, is actually running for state office in Kentucky. 
We talk about that a little bit in this episode, but I don't want people to lose sight of the things that we can actually do to try and create positive change. And one of those things is voting. Okay, I will get off my soapbox. We're going to start the episode. My guest, Jess, from Hot Takes and Deep Dives is fantastic. You all should check out her podcast. She interviews a ton of Bravo celebrities. It's so fun. Without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hi, everyone. I'm here today with Jess Rothschild from the podcast Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Hey. Boy, do we have a lot of breaking news coming our way. We're recording this podcast on Saturday, June 13th, and like in the last 10 minutes, so many new, so much Bravo news has broken. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Stassi Schroeder is pregnant. Confirmed by Us Weekly. Yes, um, just confirmed by Us Weekly, and um, yeah, the uh, just getting a lot of incoming things that we're we're processing as as we're recording. So, first of all, Jess, how's your week been going? <laughs> let's <laughs> let's back up a minute. Well, let's let's ease into this. I mean, honestly, so I live in New York City. I know you live in DC, right? Yes. So I live in New York City, and. I really live, like, where my apartment, I live very close to Union Square. Okay. In Manhattan, you know, sort of like on the, the, the border of Union Square, the Flatiron District, um, which is, you know, it's like, like a retail area. And so my neighborhood was really badly hit when the riots were going on uh, last week and the week before. And I kind of hit the wall just with, it was a lot, but long, very long story short, I sort of abruptly made the decision, like, I need a moment. Like, I, I had stayed in New York City throughout the, the pandemic, the coronavirus, the quarantine. I was very happy to, like, stay in New York City. I wasn't one of those people who ran off to some summer home or whatever. I don't have a summer home. But when the violence started breaking out, and I, and I stayed there through five days of it, literally living directly under, you know, helicopters and, like, a lot of craziness a lot of chaos I just kind of hit the wall last week and I was like you know what I need a moment so I went out to Fire Island um the Fire Island Pines where a friend of mine invited me and well I will say immediately ran into Ben Rimmelauer Luann's cabaret director (laughs) who I'm friendly with because I interviewed him uh, oh my god this is incredible (laughs) yeah yeah your your listeners may know they may know me from um the podcast out in the wild which I co-created that we had a great run with that. And now I have basically rolled everything I'm doing now into hot takes and deep dives. But you you guys may or may not be from, familiar with some of the interviews I've done. But anyway, I know Ben. He's amazing. And he was featured this week in The Real Housewives of New York, which dude, we will get he's, to. He, he's like on every episode. I know. Season. Yeah. Well, I actually went to, he invited me to a filming back in maybe it was like just it was actually right around the finale it was one of the last events that they filmed it's basically the sort of rehearsal version of this f mary kill performance that luann is like creating and it's like so stupid honestly but you're gonna see me on the face it's like there are 20 people and i would literally there are 20 it's like me my partner uh sarah galley from andy's girls yeah, mm-hmm. uh a couple couple other strays 
and I'm literally like Hillary and I, my partner, we're sitting like directly behind Leah. I mean, there's literally like 10 people there. (laughs) (laughs) I, we're going to have to have you on again for the Real Housewives of New York finale to like hear, because we'll watch what, how the finale goes and then we'll hear from you like what it was like during filming. I love that. I mean, I'm not saying it's the finale. I don't know that it was the finale. I know it's around. Whatever episode, we'll figure it out. I'd love that. (laughs) So you ran into Ben. I ran into Ben. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about this because you asked me how my week has been. Yeah. So I spent like three nights on Fire Island, which was like so wonderful. Like I would recommend Fire Island to anybody. It's like no cars it's like you're walk you know it's a gay community it's like two a couple different villages and like they're slowly opening up because it is technically long island as opposed to new york city mm-hmm. so they're in different phases so out for example outdoor dining has started on long island which encompasses like you know the hamptons and fire island unlike new york city which is still you know pretty under good luck good, good yeah. luck so so yeah, so now, right, so I was there for three, I was there for a few days this week, and then today, Saturday, and then uh, Wednesday, I drove out to Sag Harbor, I'm staying at a friend's parents' house, so. And Sag Harbor is where Luann has her Hamptons oh, house. Her. Dude, and I've seen her, like, twice already. Just I'm, this like, week? Th- I'm three blocks from her, so, like, okay. I've seen her walking her white dog, Aston. Oh, a Westie, I have a Westie. Yeah. Whose name, unfortunately, is Stassi. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, I mean, she's still a little white bitch, so. That's funny. So I saw Luann. Literally, I was here like 20 minutes. I was like, all right, I just needed to like go to like a little market and get some water. And like I was like going on like a a long walk. I saw Luann like right away walking her dog. And then the next day I saw her going on a run. Oh, nice. Yeah. So have you seen Andy Cohen? Because I believe he's in Sag Harbor as well. I've never seen him. Well, looks not true. I have. I did run into him in a parking lot once, and we did a little video. Actually, we recreated. It was the summer. Of, it was the summer of Tom. It was the summer of oh, Don't Let It Be it about, about Tom. Tom. Yeah, it's about Tom. So I ran into him in like a CVS parking lot in East Hampton, and. We recreated we recreated that. It's on my Instagram. Whatever it's you can so like, watch amazing. it. Um, I'm <laughs> literally that. like like we're both in like very much like beachwear like shorts. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. It's a ridiculous video. Can we talk about Stassi? I need to. I mean, let's just jump into the pregnancy, which literally is breaking news. Yep. So, like, this is crazy. I don't know how far along she is. I haven't even read the article. It mm-hmm. just posted. Um, on my Twitter, someone posted it like the second that I connected to my computer. So Crazy. let's open this and see what is going on. So her and Bo are pregnant. Um, very exciting for them. Pregnancy, beautiful thing. Well, well, it's interesting. Oh, God, it's interesting. Okay, why announce it today? I mean, is it, is it more for sympathy? Well, first of all, it's a fact. So she has to announce it. But beyond that, it's interesting because... You know, I did a whole reaction episode to the firing that just went up on Friday on Hot Takes and Deep Dives. With um, I did a whole reaction episode with uh, Lara Marie Shaneholz from yes. Sexy Unique Podcast, who she's amazing. I, um, we're, I we're know. Friends. Shout out to Lara. We're going to have to. I need I to get her. in touch with her. 
but she she's was con- she all along she's been convinced that Stasi and Bo aren't going to make it. Well, now they're linked for life. So let's see if they get. I mean, they're she's she's like, oh, they're definitely going to break up. I don't think so. I've been holding steady but, to believe okay. that they are in it for the long haul. I don't know I why know. I get this sense. Mm-hmm. that maybe it's because he initially wasn't interested in her because she was a reality star that like wasn't appealing to him and then with like I don't know I mean I know there's weird stuff in his background about bankruptcy and things like that but he does seem to really appreciate her and care about her and I don't know I I just get this feeling that he really does love her I don't feel like it's just a gravy train that he's trying to ride I feel like he would be fine loving her without cameras around. You know, it. it's just... Oh, trust I, me, there'll be cameras around. I, I said in my... Listen, Stasi. Uh, I talked a lot about this in this reaction episode I did literally the other day, how Laura and I basically were like, this This could potentially be the best thing that's ever happened to Stasi getting fired. From I Vanderpump. hope so. I really feel like Stasi yeah. has... Uh, has a lot still to learn, but I am like, let's get into the firings. So on Tuesday of this week, it was announced that Stasi, Kristen, Brett, and Max were going to be fired from Vanderpump Rules the day before her PR agency let her go. Since that time, Stasi and Kristen have hired Steve Honig, um, who is a PR exec to as a crisis management consultant (laughs) um, which they definitely need now Mm. I I read Stasi's book when it came out it wasn't my favorite book it felt like it was written like towards like a 16 year old girl but you know good on her of having this book she did have an entire chapter on called basic mistakes where she outlines her mistakes around comments around the Black Lives Matter movement Unfortunately, I feel like that dig that she did into that book didn't go deep enough with regards to racism and like actually naming the problem of what she said and why it was wrong. She focused more about how she hurt other people's feelings and taking accountability for hurting people's feelings as opposed to um, the broader societal implications of the things she was saying. So I still think there's a lot more work for her to do. I think there's a lot more work for Kristen to do. I feel like they live in these white bubbles, which is what let them to get to this point. Mm-hmm. I'm reading this us. Sorry, I'm reading reading this Us Weekly article on the, <laughs> the pregnancy. So there's no. They don't say how long for along she is. I mean, I'm assuming she's three months. Um, they don't. And then there's no new information in the article. It's merely just. A recap of the firing. It's just that she's pregnant. Period. There's nothing else to Who know. Who confirmed for now. it? If it's in Us Weekly, she confirmed it. Oh, yeah. She probably just like called them. Was like, uh, just so you know, you know I'm pregnant. It, well, yeah. Basically, well, I don't. Like, I think that deal. crisis team is working overtime. I bet it's Steve mm-hmm. Honig. Yeah. 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 This is insane. I mean, what do you what do you think? She, I mean, in in my <laughs> episode, I we were kind of predicting. Okay, like where does Sassy go from here? I like in the episode I, well obviously now she's gonna have a career as like a mommy blogger blogger you know she's gonna spin it into something see if she we don't know yet if she's been dropped by her her book 
agency. So that's still TBD. So she actually could like maybe wait to like have that. She could, she could pod, she can independently podcast. Like she doesn't, the podcast was taken down from everything the other day, but she can like kick back up at any time and start talking about like the pregnancy. Like I, I feel like she can start generating revenue pretty quickly. She can. I yeah. think she's going to, if things don't work out with Bravo, which I mean, they fired her, but now there's this campaign to unfire her started by her mom, Dana. I don't see that well, that's working. Ridic- that's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't see that working. Mm-hmm. I could see her jumping ship and going to a different network and getting mm-hmm. her own spinoff reality show with Bo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I want for her is like actual reflection yeah. instead of focusing on like they're being unfair to me. Why me? Which I am asking like why her? Because we've well, seen. To, why was she fired? You're well, I know me? why she was fired by. But then if they're going to. They're not applying it equally across the cast. So why Jax in particular is still... Well, he still could be... He still could be fired. This is still very fresh. He could be... I mean, by the time we stop recording this, he could be fired. You know, it's true. They're not starting to film Vanderpump Rules for some time, you know, for at least till the end of the summer. So there's a... They're figuring out what they want the show to look like. So... I have an idea of what I want it to look like. Oh, okay. So I've been kind of shopping this around to a few friends. What I think is I want, first of all, Lisa Vanderpump to be removed as an executive director. I feel like for whatever happens, it she's like won't let things be shown the way that I want to see them. And I also feel like she is responsible for who she has hired on this show and she is not being held accountable for that. So I would like to actually see a sort of spinoff focused uh, at Tom Tom with the Toms, Katie Ariana, James Raquel, um, Sheena, maybe a couple of the new people, maybe Charlie and Danica, mm-hmm. Dana, who knows, and then um, definitely actually f- like feature LGBTQ people. Um, uh, know, maybe black, black. people yeah. <laughs> who actually work at yeah. the restaurant because yeah. they have employees who are Tom more Tom diverse. Tom Tom is filled with hot black gay people. They're so there. Let's get them on camera. They just haven't cast them. They just made the mistake. They probably thought that this Max and Brett were going to like pop on camera and they didn't. They were just really fucking boring. It, it, you don't. They struck gold the first time around with Vanderpump Rules. Everybody popped. And that doesn't always happen, obviously. Yeah. So they they need to like, but how do you not know somebody's personality before you throw a camera in front of them? But whatever. It sounds like they didn't know much about Brett or Charlie. They just cast them. Max and Dana actually worked there prior. So it's weird when they bring people in it rarely works from the outside i think well, they with, need... the, with the exception of lala of james. lala mm-hmm. but and i james. really and james but i really think that they should focus on people that are already in the orbit who are truly yeah. friends with them yeah or at least work there so that's what i would like to see going forward how about you going forward um that sounds good to me <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not um Okay, the, the real question is, do I want us continue to see Jackson and Brittany? Mm, 
Brittany, I mean, unfortunately, I can't get one without the other. I do still find Jax to be a riveting presence on screen. Sure, he's a garbage human being, but I'm still, I still want to watch him. Interesting. He like, is I'm, riveting. I'm not, I'm not um, listen, it takes a lot to offend me. I'm not, I can't be offended by anything he says or does. Like, and I'm like a, a gay woman. Like, I don't, the only crime in my eyes you can commit is to not be entertaining. Mm-hmm. So long as you are entertaining, <laughs> I want to watch you. I wasn't entertained by him this season, though. Mm. Like, well, I in that, finale, in that finale, he brought in the finale. The he finale was interesting, but the yeah. wedding aspect of it was very boring to me. But that's not his fault. That is the fault of the producers and the editors. They made the decision to have it play out over so many different episodes right that, that wasn't his but I'm not he wasn't def- acting I'm not defending, interesting I'm not there like mm, there wasn't like, like I felt like his vows like it I don't know I just wasn't interested in that whole story I didn't like are what you he di- had to are bring. you disappointed that well actually no I guarantee you we still see Astasi and Bo wedding they already she had already said on her podcast that they're just going to postpone it still in still in Italy uh for October 2021 literally just a year later something a lot of my friends are doing it. I I think it's smart to push it back. The only person moving their wedding forward is my father. <laughs> my dad's funny. getting married this summer and he was supposed to get married in December. Well, I think it's, I mean, if people, I think there's a difference between a, a getting married, like a marriage and That's a wedding. True. If That's you, true. I mean, I think it's cool to just go get legally married. It just depends what you want when you're older. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> wow, this Stassi news, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Wow, but we don't. There's no. Yeah, there's no. There's no there. There. There's nothing to there's say no other than the fact that she's pregnant. So one thing, I went down a rabbit hole this morning, and I would like to share my experience with you. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I live in D.C. You know, I'm interested in politics. I found out that the pastor, the homophobic pastor named Ryan Dotson, who was featured this whole season with you know it's Britney's mom's pastor. Um, is running for elected office in District 73 in the Republican primary in Kentucky on June 23rd. What platforms is he running on? His platform is that he is more conservative than the current Republican who represents the district. <laughs> that And that he stands with Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump, even though they are federal federally elected positions and he's running for state. So Mitch McConnell, despite being from Kentucky, like what his positions are federally really don't impact the state legislature. So he's just using this to get people who are strong supporters of President Trump and Mitch McConnell to support him. And he's saying that he's more pro-life than the current um, incumbent who has a 100% pro-life voting record. (laughs) But who said that Mitch McConnell shouldn't be in office because he's too old. Right. I went so far down this hole. Yeah. It's also a very messy um, election within the GOT primary for in Kentucky in District 73. Apparently, there's been a whisper campaign against him that he was dishonorably discharged from the military. So then he posted his military records proving that he was honorably discharged. It's, I, I don't know, it's kind of a mess. Um, Another interesting thing is there is an Instagram account that had become popular over the last two weeks called oh, Accountability camp, camp. for Stasi. 
accountability for Stassi? for Stassi. It used to be called cancel Stassi. They changed it to accountability because I think they didn't want it to be seen as kind of a witch hunt. No pun intended. Okay. okay. That Instagram account has deleted everything since she was um, fired. Everything, all the evidence. Now, apparently it's because they thought she was in the hospital, which she's not. But who okay. is in the hospital is actually Brittany's mom. Okay. Brittany's mom apparently had a surgery that went okay. wrong, had to have emergency surgery to correct whatever happened, and is now in the ICU on a ventilator. Where is this being reported? Um, this, <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Um, the same pastor posted it on his Instagram or on his Facebook account. And okay. Brittany then posted something like pray for my mom on her Instagram. And then Katie's mom wrote on Twitter that it's really serious and everyone should pray. So Interesting. that's how I started okay. on the pastor because it was on his Facebook. So I went on his Facebook account to find the original post about Sherry Cartwright being in the hospital. And I found that he was running for state office. So this is how my morning has gone. It's like all over the place. And I went really deep into it. Now, my heart goes out to Sherry and to Brittany because, you know, my mom died and it's a horrible oh, experience to have your I'm mom so in the ICU. Wow. It's okay. It was, I mean, mm-hmm. four and a half years ago, but still. So I feel like someone had then told me, do you think that's why Brittany and Jax hadn't been fired? Because they don't want to kick her while she's down. And I feel like... uh, Dude, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is... Obviously, the first thing she told Bravo was, but I'm pregnant. Yep. No. That's... No. That's stupid. Nobody cares about Britney's mom. No offense. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, I care. (laughs) I hope that she does okay. Because I think it's... You know, I want... I want everyone's mom to be healthy. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that she should be featured on the show anymore given Mm -hmm. the history of homophobia. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I'd really like to get your thoughts. Um, So we've seen a lot of, uh, had a lot of talk about racism on Bravo over the last two weeks, but knowing so many Bravo listeners and watchers and viewers are part of the LGBTQ community, we Mm -hmm. have seen a lot of homophobia on Bravo for a network that, you know, supposedly supports and uh, sides with the LGBTQ community. So I wanted to know, like, what you think about how they should move forward from previous, you know, homophobic, transphobic content that's been displayed, not just on Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, I don't think you can. uh, I don't think you can retroactively fire people. I think what you can do is do better in casting and making sure it's not about oh, going through and scrubbing all the heteronormative people and making sure that they, you know, going through all their Twitters and making sure that, because people are going to be people, you know, people are going to always have like thoughts in their head. It doesn't, and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to think whatever the hell they want. Um, But what they can do, but Bravo, what Bravo should actively do is really work to get more minorities on camera. For example, Real Housewives of New York, has there not been a black woman? 
Yeah. New York is the most diverse city in the world. I get that they focus on this enclave of people on the Upper East Side. And Leah is really changing that because, as she said on Watch What Happens Live, that she's, you know, as as black as it as the cast has ever gotten. And it's true. I've been at filming events and more than 80 percent. I've been at I was another event uh, that I was at uh, Aroni filming this uh, fall was the 15th anniversary of, uh, of Married to the Mob. There was like an, an event, a party. And I would say over 85% of the people there were black, her black friends and, you know, people of color. And it was like, it was a, a, a real party. It was like super fun. Sonia was trying to fuck some guy. Um, what else? I think, I think they've tried. Like, I know I had interviewed Heather Thompson and she told me after we stopped the interview she told me that she was really working to get Vivica Fox um to join the cast but that would be great um you know I think it's great that Garcelle is there on Beverly Hills I'll tell you what I think I I was actually thinking about this about it this morning I just got back from a run and I was thinking how they should shelve Salt Lake City what's the point we don't need another group of white women. The, the, all along, people wanted a Real Housewives of Chicago because it would create a racially diverse cast. I think they shouldn't even... What are we going to get out of Salt Lake City? I think it's just programming when they're not going to have programming. No, but I'm saying it just... It, 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 it underscores the yeah no I, I get mean, it I get, I get they can't they can't create a real housewives of Chicago right now like it's too late but the point is that it just shows that Bravo all along people were saying we want a Chicago it's not because Chicago is such a fabulous city I mean Chicago is wonderful I love it personally but it's not because it's oh it's such an interesting city um, you know God knows we don't see any of Dallas on Real Housewives of Dallas like who cares it's, it would be casting. have been an opportunity because New York is racially diverse all these cities are racially diverse yeah. they're just choosing to feature the white hetero Christian women yes, yes. I think they well, we don't need to see it honestly I think we don't need to see it just I don't it's I think it's going to do more harm than good interesting in the long in the long long run because it means that we're just going to be signing up for another five-year run of an all-white cast we don't need it i think like take a pause let potomac air let potomac air alone like they, they just needed it to balance out like have something else airing when potomac is we don't need it just let potomac air air reruns of whatever the hell yeah uh, you know princesses long island or nyc prep or <laughs> uh i don't care yeah. no air millionaire matchmaker it's fun like who cares air whatever you got I just think introducing a new group of women that we're supposed to now get invested. I don't need to be invested in any more groups of white, straight women. Although I have to say, I am very interested in the Mormon church. I can't look away from it. I don't know what it is about like Mormon versus ex-Mormon. Like I am here for that. (laughs) Listen, no matter, this is what, how I, this is just my knee-jerk reaction to like this week and this moment and this, this cultural uproar. That is hot, that this much needed long coming uproar within the black community and the Black Lives Matter movement finally coming to the forefront. This thing has been going on for years, the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm just, listen, no matter what, we're getting Salt Lake City. Yeah. Like, I'm not delusional. Like, I know that. I'm just saying, like, if I could wave a magic wand. Wand, yeah. If, I just... Yeah, if I could just, you know. I, it was so funny when the announcements came around Stassi and Kristen's firing 
People are like, what's going to happen next? They're going to desegregate Housewives franchises. And I had to laugh because it's just so absurd that we have Potomac and Atlanta as, you know, casts of black women. And yet we're not casting black women on the other shows. It, it's bizarre to me. I, I don't understand. Maybe it would unfortunately expose people's racism and ignorance. But why not watch that? Why not have that reckoning on camera and work through it together? As opposed to, not that that's fair, obviously, to the black women who may be cast alongside their ignorant white co-stars. But Mm -hmm. I want to see people that are reflective of society as long as they are aspirational, like living. I like to see, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's next. Should we get into um, some brief breakdowns of the Vanderpump Rules reunion and then sure. New York? Because I'd love to get your sure. thoughts. I have so much to say. I really don't have much to say on Vanderpump Rules reunion. Like it was, there's not, there's, I think we should, I, <laughs> if I can hijack <laughs> your show for a quick second, I think that we should, I have so much to say on New York, this week's episode of New York. Totally. We'll get through um Vanderpump rules rather okay. quickly okay. um a couple things going on I can't help but laugh about the Max and Sheena situation in Palm Springs and how Sheena said they were just comfortable and ended up she like started to go down on him and he stopped her so gross <laughs> then but it's funny that they made a pact to never allow this to come out on camera but then she told two people who then told Dana She's her own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, James Sobriety. Any thoughts yeah. on on that? Because I that was the most compelling thing I saw yeah. on, I have, on the reunion. I have, I have always loved James. Um, I've loved. I think like like I was saying before. So long as somebody's entertaining, you know, I'm I'm really here for it. And he has. He was entertaining from day one and he continues to be, well, not only entertaining, you got to be interesting too. He's always been entertaining and interesting and very smart. And I like to see it. I, 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 I really like him. I really like him too. I, I don't know why I've always been a fan of James and it's so interesting to see the cast react to Raquel because, again, the yeah. cast has a history of being really awful to anyone new besides Brittany. They just, yeah. she's the ultimate and no one can step in besides her. And to see Stasi watch the show back and say Raquel is so much more layered than I originally thought and mm-hmm. she's likable as fuck. And that was so fun to see Tom and Ariana's reaction. They're like, we stan Raquel. Yeah. I really yeah. want to see more James and Raquel. I just do. I can't help it. I don't want the show to be canceled because I need to see what's next for James. I yeah. care. I'm invested. I mean, as far as Raquel goes, to me, she's not compelling at all. I mean, she's just like a nice, she's, she's very nice, Who's, who initially was super fucking thirsty and was like, this is going to be my career. I'm going to get on this reality show. I'm going to do the flat tummy tea. Like, she's just a thirsty person, but she's nice. Like, she's not aggressive and awful the way Lava eventually turned out to be. Um, I'd be fine if I never saw Raquel again. Like, she doesn't do anything for me. I but- like her. <laughs> I just I mean, like her. Just, I don't know. I, yeah. I find her interesting because she doesn't seem to have an agenda the way the other people do. And I don't know why. I just don't see the agenda. Yeah, yeah. she's making money off things, but she could be doing so much more. 
Yeah, I think her agenda is just to stay on the show. Yeah. I think she just wants to, like, she wants to have the... She doesn't really have anything to say. She just... I. But her agenda is to just merely exist. <laughs> you know? Like, on it's the interesting. Show, I mean, to- I've thought certain people didn't have anything to say like Charlie but then when I heard Charlie speak on Ryan Bailey's podcast I thought wow she actually does have stuff to say and yeah. production just decided not to show it so I'm right. wondering if the same could be said for Raquel yeah um what else is going on oh we uh Lala's called out for being really mean all season and yeah. that's been interesting because she's saying you know I have to do better I have to be better and it mm-hmm. turns out Lala is the only member of Vanderpump Rules who reached out to Faith. She reached out two weeks ago when the Instagram live story first broke about Faith's treatment on the show. And Lala reached out and was like, listen, can we start over? I'm really Mm -hmm. sorry about what happened. Well, well, they also, I did, I recently did a rewatch of season like three, no season of like Lala's first, Lala and James' first season. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I did a rewatch of like season four and five. And she remember in the beginning when it was like Lala and James and if you if, think back to that that Hawaii trip, she yeah. was like it, she was close with Faith for like a minute. So like they had a friendship. They had a real friendship. They did. And yeah. then apparently they both pulled butter knives on each other, or Lala right. pulled a butter knife on Faith right. in the Sir so kitchen. It, so it doesn't surprise me that she if she's trying to like you know right her wrongs like it doesn't surprise me that she was trying to like make amends with faith yep and then there was the whole witches of weho dunzo where the women actually seemed to finally articulate articulate why they were frustrated with Kristen, and Kristen continued to you know say yes i was wrong but i also was out of my mind you know more excuses yeah and then um Oh, so the part that I thought was really savage was when Andy at the very end asked James, you know, as someone who'd been in a relationship with Kristen. Um, oh, my God. Also this was, this was good. This was, that was good. Had been, um, you know, treated poorly by the rest of the cast, yeah. like how he felt. I mean, what did you think about that? He basically said, um, this isn't the first time that they've done that. So kind of saying Stasi and and Katie haven't always been good friends to Kristen, but then yeah. kind of turned it around saying, if Kristen keeps acting like that, it gets old fast. And with all your friends escalating their lives financially and emotionally with their engagements and marriages, they're actually doing it. And it's sad that you're not. Listen, I love James. He's quick. He's smart. He's making, listen, it's mean. It's so mean. It's mean, but like, I love to see it. Like, yeah. at least it, it, he has, he, there's this, there is an intelligence behind everything he says. Yeah, it's mean. And like, if I was on the, I don't want to be on the receiving end of it. Right. Um, but it's fun to watch it when it's a Kristen on the receiving end of it, because she's such a, you know, she walks herself into it every single time. So crazy. And I'm really actually looking forward to seeing the reunion next week. I didn't think I would be, but when I saw Mm. the preview of Jax freaking out at Andy for giving him a hard time, Andy being like, it's my job to do this. Ariana saying that Jax was kind of like triggered or whatever. And then Brittany muttering under her breath, I can't stand them about, about Tom and Ariana. I'm like, when did Brittany and Ariana fall out? 
because mm-hmm. they've always been friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it when Ariana took a hard stance against Jax for his Maybe. history? I mean, and she's just like, this is my husband. You either Maybe. accept him or you don't get me. I had interviewed Ariana at the start of the season, maybe in like February, like January, February. And we talked a lot about, she she talked a lot about how like Britney was sort of the vehicle for like getting a lot of the friendships back together. And like, she sort of had a lot of positive things to say about Britney, but like, I'm sure as the short, I'm sure, I'm sorry, I'm sure as the show aired, she was like, you know what, fuck these two. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into this week's Real Housewives of New York. A farewell oh to Tinsdale. <laughs> oh my god, I'm 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 really I'm gonna miss Tinsley. Me too, so yeah. much. I've so always much. Re- I've always really liked her, and you know what? She was a breath of fresh she from was from day one. Lovely. I loved she her. Was great. She gave a lot to the show. She created moments, so much memorable content. Um, she comes with a mom. We we, we got a lot. Of really, we got a lot of great scenes. We got to see. She gave a lot to the show in terms of like bringing it. You know, she met Scott, the guy, the relationship, the fact that we we met them to get like we met him when yeah. she did. The fact that that was on camera. The whole thing with Carol, and like it, it's. In, in the sense that, like the how the claims that like it was a Bravo creation, their friendship, and just like watching how like Carol basically like disowned her during the read re- the reunion, it was fascinating. She mm-hmm. created a lot of uh, she created a lot of moments, uh, and I, I'm interested. They're gonna ha- obviously have to. Well, I'm interested to see how they how they kind of get back on track this season because they're now down a cast member. I do believe that Leah's sister gets more in the mix because she was heavily, uh, it's two two later filming events I was at, she was at, and Elise was not. And so I think the sister becomes more of a figure. I, I don't, don't quote me on this, but the sister may go on the cast trip to Mexico. I don't know for sure. I think I had heard that, but again, I'm not, don't quote me on it. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think next season, I mean, without a doubt, 100%, they're like, Leah, who do you got? Yeah. Let's sure. go. And I think it's going to be a black friend. Yeah. But then yeah. again, why do we have to have like one black woman against an all white cast? It's just. Maybe it'll be two. It would be great to see like, I don't know. Well, at, the, at the very least, maybe it won't be a black woman, but at, at the very least, it. The, my point is they're looking to Leah now. Leah is yes. the fu- Leah is at least the future of the next like two years. Cause listen, I can see Leah two years from now being like, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. She doesn't seem as sold on being a housewife. Yeah. She's yeah. In the same way that yes, Tinsley quote unquote moved to New York for, she, she did it all for the show. Like she never really like wanted to be in New York or like never even invested in a home there, obviously. You know, in an apartment, it was all for. She was only in New York during filming, and that is the reason why Dorinda uh, was so. That that that, that was the behind the scenes. All all of the 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 fighting between Tinsley and Dorinda, it was all about the show. It wasn't about what they were saying. It was about it was about the behind the scenes of the show. The fact of like you don't even live here. Like why are you here? That that was the if Dorinda could like say that. That's what she was trying to say. 
but yeah, they're turning to Leah right now. I'm sure they've already cast the next person. I'm sure it's like a friend. They need two new people. They need Elisa, two new people. They Elisa's, need a little bit more. Yeah, they're going to get two young, two young people, younger, you know, two people in their... I think they need like a nice like person in their like early 40s. I think 40s would be really good too. I don't need... We don't need another person under 40. I mean, Leah's kind of an old soul, so like I like that, but... Yeah, I like somebody in their 40s. <laughs> so let's get into the episode. So yeah. we it starts out with this like incredible scene with your friend Ben. <laughs> My boy, Benny Baby. Benny Baby and Luann talking about the show F. Mary Kill and they're looking for comics. And Sonia shows up to also support them in looking for comics. And she says she wanted to bring a young or fun energy. And so she's wearing a Kyle and Kendall jumpsuit. But yeah, isn't it fun. Kylie? Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> okay. And um, Sonia in her confessionals is so funny about Luann. She's like, she, yeah. like the thing about the blueberries you know and she's just like Luann thinks anything she says is a bit yeah <laughs> it's dying but it's interesting that Sonia didn't get paid for her engagement in the previous cabaret yeah do you no think shit, of course Sonia will be getting paid this time Sonia no <laughs> <laughs> Now, by far, I've watched this part three times. When the ladies go to Blood Manor, the haunted house, first of all, have you been to Blood Manor? No, but I had heard of it. Watching the ladies walk up to Blood Manor and all of their reactions to the zombie and the scary clown was incredible. And Tinsley's reaction alone is like why she was on the show. Her screaming and shrieking was incredible. But then, so after this haunted house, they go to the tequila bar where like kind of the meat of the episode happens where Tinsley apparently posted on Instagram that her and Scott were back together but hadn't told the ladies in person. And they were very angry about it, Dorinda especially, and was basically telling them all to ignore her. I mean, what do you make of all of this? I think Dorinda is a real fucking asshole. Um, Yeah. I think she has a real mean streak that we've seen over and over again. And like, she's just really not likable this season in particular, the way she's coming after Tinsley, like somebody just so innocent, like let her like do her thing, like whatever. And I think she's insanely jealous of Tinsley. Like the jealousy is so transparent and jealousy is the most unattractive look a person can have. I know. So that's that. It happened way too fast for me. I felt like we needed maybe like an episode of Tinsley and Scott getting back together. And then we needed like Tinsley's actually like moving. And Lee. I did not expect her to just, it, it all, it, it was too compressed. Not, it happened in the span of like three scenes. Not to mention the fact that there was oh, so much filler like throughout the, I mean, good filler. I thought this episode was like great, like super entertaining. Um, I felt I th- overall, generally speaking, this season has been very rocky in the sense that I don't feel like the the I don't know the editing is fun. This episode, the editing was really jumpy. Yeah, like what we kept going from like, like that scene with with Leah and Rob, which was just like a filler interstitial scene. 
that could have been literally put in any single episode. Why did we spend those five minutes with them when we could have spent that more fleshing out Tinsley's story? Like we spent four years with Tinsley. We deserve more than three scenes, you know, explaining her goodbye. You know, I was reading Brian Moylan was actually a lot of people online have been saying that it's people, people are wondering if Tinsley actually came back and filmed those scenes as pickup. I think so. So I think that she just picked up and left. I could see, I can see her doing, I can see her getting so mad at the way they're just ignoring her. She's like, I don't need this shit. Tinsley is is a trust fund kid. She doesn't need this money. Right. This money is, is, she's wiping it's her chunk ass. change i know she's it's not making a lot of money on the show it's so nothing. i'm wondering do you think that the whole part of ramona and luann reaching out to tinsley and getting drinks with her was after she had come back to film the pickup scenes it yeah i do because i feel like she was so angry after that i mean it was so mean they were at, so at, mean at, to at her at añejo which is that's actually it's a it's a that you're calling it the tequila bar it's a mexican restaurant oh they called it a tequila bar in yeah, the show yeah. <laughs> um, yeah oh i got it i got it yeah, uh, i don't actually know my, what it is it's actually one of my favorite uh mexican restaurants in the city there's like two of them where um, is it located tribeca okay yeah. Do you think they were in Tribeca? Because I know they don't like to go below Canal Street. Oh, that's so Street. funny. Well, I think, <laughs> well, I think that Blood Ma- they went there directly from Blood Manor. Yes, which is I, already in Lower Manhattan. It's downtown, and so yeah. I'm. Sh- I think they probably just like took like a five minute, like less than a five minute cab ride. Okay, and went to Añejo. Anybody who was going to New York, like Añejo, well, you can't eat anywhere right now, but good, you know, good luck. <laughs> maybe. But anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to know, but I guess in the end it really doesn't matter. Like, but I could see Tinsley just like, because think about it, Tinsley is not spending. She her saying like I'm moving tomorrow. Mm, no, she's not spending like literally the day before she moves, hanging away. out with Sonia and her mom. Yeah, no, you're right. I feel like they were pickup scenes. I feel like they wanted to give her a graceful exit. Yeah. And they did do sort of that, what they do at the uh, in the finale, where they say, like, where they're at, what's happened since filming, and they did all of that for her. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I would love to see a Real Housewives of Chicago, sp- like, spinoff starring Tinsley, and add in a more multicultural cast. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be so fun. Find a bunch well, of people in their <clears> 40s, the thing, 50s. The thing with Tinsley... Scott's ultimatum to her was, I don't want, he does, he doesn't want to be in the public eye. He's a very, right. this was the, this is the reason they kept breaking up and getting back together. And she's like, I'm on this TV show. It was all about the TV show right. the entire time. He's like, I don't want, I don't want to have to have our relationship. T- Scott is a normal guy from the Midwest. He wants to get married, have kids, have his wife be a stay at home mom and that's it. He happened to meet Tinsley. And yes, obviously some of the attraction, listen, Tinsley's no uh, uh, brainiac over here. Like he's attracted to her be- for the glitz and the grammar that she's beautiful and she gets glammed up. And, you know, they're not having like deep conversations, particularly about politics. And, you know, <laughs> you know, um, I say this all like literally loving Tinsley, but it, it, it was part of the attraction, obviously, initially, and I think I think he gave her an ultimatum. An ultimatum, and yeah. the proof is that she literally was like, "Goodbye, and the like, goodbye, Bravo." 
like I want to be with this guy and it's now or never. You're I right. Have a, She's not going to do get ma- she another show. A, she wants to have a family. Speaking she, of that, can yeah. we talk about Dorinda's comment about the turkey baster? Because I don't know if I will ever get over that. Dorinda's ever. an asshole. She's it just was so ass. mean, yeah. basically being like, I have a turkey baster if you want to try and have a baby. Like, in, like making fun of Tinsley's fertility journey. I mean, yeah, we all joke about Tinsley's eggs, but she very much wants to be a mom and to make fun of her like reproductive health. Of all of the things to make fun of her about, that to me is the lowest because that's mm-hmm. the area that she's most like it's very sensitive for her. And so why hit her at her most sensitive spot? It was a cheap joke. It's awful. Dorinda, yeah. I've really turned on her. I have loved Dorinda. I stand Dorinda. I thought she was so funny. I love her. You know, I made it nice. I don't like how she's tried to brand herself and copyright every like phrase she's ever made. Let us enjoy her little one-offs the way that we enjoy Sonia's don't try and brand everything if other Mm -hmm. people want to put it on a mug don't try and sue them for it you know (laughs) like just stop you have enough money yeah she's such an ass I just I can't get over it and I don't know what hold like she has over the other women I wonder if she'll be back next season well I'm inclined to think they're gonna they're gonna really try and keep this has been a real transitional season. They lost Bethany unexpectedly, and then they lost Tinsley unexpectedly. I don't see... Th- I think now they're going to really try and keep what they have yeah. and add. Like, I don't know if it could survive. Well, I don't know. Anything Anything is possible. They've done it before. They cleaned house in season four. You know, they, they fired a bunch of people. But I'm very interested to see where the show goes from here, kind of like Vanderpump Rules. And I love New York. New York is my favorite franchise. Me too. New York um, and Potomac. But it's very, it, they're, they're going through some growing pains. It's, you know, the, the loss of Bethany is huge. Yeah. And anybody who says like, oh, Bethany who? We got Leah now. It's different. And Bethany was the glue. And, the you know, the glue right now is is really like, Sonia, Ramona, and Luann, mm-hmm. Dorinda's just become so unlikable. I'm interested to see, you know, it's it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite show. I'm interested to see how they, how they, how they do it. It's, I'm somewhat shocked about Dorinda digging her heels in on social media because that is what feels unnecessary. Yes, you're going through a rough time. You're being horrible. It's all on camera and you're watching it back. Why are you standing up for what we're watching of yourself? Why not say, wow, I was in a really bad place in my life and I'm really sorry I took it out on Tinsley. Best Mm -hmm. of luck to her moving on. Mm -hmm. Like, Why is she still tearing her down on Twitter? It's so stupid. We're in the middle of a pandemic. There is this like huge racial justice movement happening and she is sitting away behind a keyboard shitting on Tinsley. It is so unlikable. It's awful. (laughs) Really bad. Now, you know what else was really bad? (laughs) Watching Ramona kidnap um, Dorinda and Sonia. And this was the funniest thing I've ever seen. To Long Island. Honestly, okay, the Tinsley stuff. I wish we had. I wish we had spent more more time with Tinsley. I I really wish every scene should have been focused on Tinsley and like Tinsley like really wrapping up her storyline with this, but keeping this scene 
of them going to Bethpage, which is out on Long Island. Like it is a journey to get, it's just like a long drive from, yeah. especially with traffic from the city out to Bethpage. Jesus Christ. It's like, it, it, she, she, what Dorinda was dead on in her saying like, it, we're, I didn't realize we were going to the Hamptons. Listen, it's not as far as the Hamptons, but it kind of is like. You're it's thinking. already, you have to take the interstate. You have to get off, you know, it, they said yeah. it took over it an is, hour to get there. It is. I will tell you right now. It is. It's probably an hour and a half from the city. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And to see, yeah. so they visit party planner, Larry Scott and his warehouse because Ramona wants to plan her birthday coming out party a single. We have seen the same version of this party for the last three years. Every year three, she's coming out a single. Dude, three <laughs> years. When did she get, and Mario get divorced? Season six, seven? Oh, I, oh, maybe. It's been half it's a It's been decade. like five years. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. So she's like, I want to have this like jungle theme. And then, you know, Ramona apologizes that last year, Dorinda and Sonia weren't invited to this party where she always invites 60 girlfriends. It's always 60. And it used to be 30. (laughs) It's like, remember? I, I mean, I remember, I just can't get over that they all have their birthdays around the same time. So no, it's kind of like Vanderpump Rules. How they they're yes. all July birthdays. I wonder, yeah. are they all the same sign? And does this contribute to like? That's a great great question, Mandy. <laughs> so in Vanderpump Rules, they are they're, they're literally all cancers. And uh, you know who's who else ha- had has a birthday right right then? You know whose birthdays are two like two days apart from each other. Ramona and Bethany. Oh my God! They are. You're right. You're they're, right. There's they, okay. So they're a mix of okay. Bethany. I'm really into astrology. Bethany and Ramona are Scorpios. Sonia's a Sagittarius, and I believe Dorinda's a Sagittarius as well. Hold on, let me look up Dorinda's birthday. Because they were saying their birthdays were all within a few days of each other. Well, Sonia's is a little bit later. Okay. And they're like, why Hold don't on. you do a joint birthday? Oh, okay. She's a, see, she, her birthday, Dorinda's is December 13th. So I think that's a Sag. Yeah, that is. Yep. <laughs> and when is Sonia's? It's also in December. Oh, so that is farther. And Ramona's is October? No, it's, it's like November, November. like third or something okay and, oh and bethany's is november 2nd. election day <laughs> yeah i mean it may not be literally november 3rd no, but i know it's, i just that name yeah. is uh that date is in my head yeah so oh okay i'm sorry let, let me make this let me correct this november uh ramona singer's birthday is november 17th and bethany's birthday i'm pretty sure it's uh bethany's birthday pretty sure her birthday oh it's november 4th yeah Okay. And when is Sonia's? November 25th. So yeah, they're all they're all a mix of Scorpios and Sagittarius. And Sagittarius. Interesting, Leah is a Virgo. Oh. Late August. Actually, this is something I do on my podcast actually is uh, my best friend from college uh is an astrologer. Uh, my best friend Andy astro- at astro- astrology with Andy and he's come on my podcast a-, a couple of times and I have him do the birth charts and the comparison charts of Vanderpump people and housewives and he's going to be coming back again really soon to do like Denise and Brandy and Erica Jane like we have it all planned out Ooh, oh I and love we're gonna this do the Potomac, we're going to do the the birth charts 
the astrological charts of the Potomac women as well, like Giselle and Karen, I specifically want to do. What an incredible idea. Oh, my God. I might reach out to him with some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you guys can listen to that on, on my podcast, Hot Takes You Guys. That's anyway. that's such a good idea because I was wondering that like they're all around the same birthday yeah. time and they have all this tension. So Ramona thinks they're jealous because they don't have as many girlfriends and makes this very clear. Um, and then at the end, after all this, they're eating all of this like candy and cakes and sugar. And <laughs> the guy makes them do a social media promo. And it's clear that like they ran this by Ramona and her team prior to going out there. And that Ramona did not give Sonia or Dorinda a heads up, one, that they were going to Long Island, two, that th- this was just about her party, and three, that they were going to end it with a social media promo for the three of them so funny it was <laughs> Peak it Ramona. was it was real it's like it wasn't put it, it was the reactions were authentic and real it was it was quintessential housewife uh, new roni because it was like it was zany but real it was you know? so funny i was yeah. laughing so hard because they yeah. were like kidnapped and <laughs> taken to beth page new york i loved it i thought it was so funny <laughs> And then, of course, yeah. it ends with Ramona and Luann meeting up with Tinsley. They feel bad. They want to toast to her. This is probably a pickup scene. And then Tinsley, um, when Tinsley tells them that Scott is building her a custom closet, that is when Ramona decides that they have a serious future. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have tears. Like, shows. It's it all, so amazing. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's not you telling me I'm moving to Chicago and he's going to propose and we're going to get married and we're going to have a family together. It's he's building me a custom closet. Yeah. Incredible. And we oh, got I'm going little... to miss Tinsley. I am too. And you know what? I'm going to miss. Too, it happened too fast. It did. I wanted we'll get, We more... will get her on the reunion, I think, though. I hope so. I wanted to see a little more of her and Dale because I enjoy their scenes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the, It's just compelling television for me to see the mother-daughter relationships that are loving yet complicated. Yeah. Oh. Sigh. Sigh. Any final thoughts on Roni? Loved this week. I, I think I kind of, I think I kind of like l- said it all earlier, you know, just that, just like my general thoughts on the season, how like mm-hmm. it is, it, 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 I feel like I kind of don't know what I'm going to get in any episode. Like it's either going to be great like this week, or it can be like the second Rhode Island. Epi- I thought the first Rhode Island episode was great, but then the second one, I was like, oh, too much Elise, get her out of here. Just like eating up screen time um I I feel like it's been very like okay this could either be brilliant or just like a waste of time and like nothing memorable um okay to to to, to, let me like synthesize this it's been inconsistent and Beverly Hills comparatively has been very consistent yep so it is what it is. It's a, it's a transition year. Like I feel for the producers, like they had to deal with, like I said, Bethany suddenly leaving, Tinsley suddenly leaving. Like I get it. And I think given all of that, it's, it's been great. It you has know, been. Not, not every episode is like hitting it out of the park, but we've got more, you know, more winners than losers. That's for sure. Now, I wanted to end with hearing more about your podcast, Hot Takes Deep Dives, and all of the interesting interviews you've been doing with Bravo Liberties. Sure. So first of all, who is 
your maybe top three favorite Bravo people that you've ever interviewed and why? Oh, of the interviews I've I've yes. Um, like who do I think has given the best interview? Yes. Not necessarily who's your favorite person. Got it. Okay. The interview that I did with Aviva, I thought was really good, which Mm -hmm. you guys can listen to it. Uh, It's archived on Out in the Wild, which was the previous podcast that I did. Um, But it's the same me, you know, it's just under a different name. Um, Okay. The the interview with Aviva was great. The Kelly Bensimone interview that I did a year ago, like went viral because she said all that stuff about Bethany, about Bethany. You know, we talked a lot about Scary Island. The Heather Thompson interview is really Uh great. She said so much much about Bethany and Carol, provided a lot of good insight. Beyond that, um, I actually thought the interview that I did with Ben Rimmelauer was phenomenal. Like, it was hilarious. Really good. Go look that up. More recently, I interviewed Peter from Vanderpump Rules. I like that. that. Yeah, like, that made a lot of news because, like, he clearly does not understand the way television works. Yes. Last week, I interviewed Patty Stanger, and that also made a lot of news because she called Kelly Dodd mentally ill for for saying that there were no one was dying of coronavirus in Orange County. She also also in that interview, I I asked her about Stassi and Bo, and Patty's under the impression that she's good friends with Stassi, and so I like flat out was like, oh, so like, have you spent much time with Bo? And she's like, no, I've never met him. Um, oh, I recently interviewed uh, for my, you know, hardcore Bethany fans out there, which Bethany is my number one for life. I interviewed Dr. Amador, who was her therapist yeah. on Bethany Ever After and also Roni season seven. He, you know, the so he talked a lot about I asked him a lot about Jason Hoppy. And he if you remember, do you remember the um, he took them on a sailing trip and they got lost at sea? Yeah, but we go super deep about that but is episode. it? I mean, is he a licensed therapist? Oh, yeah. yeah is yeah, yeah. it ethical for a licensed therapist to talk he about t- any of this on So he, he was very, he was, it was a lot. I, I asked him, I wasn't asking him to psychoanalyze Bethany. It was more like, tell me about the experience filming. Right. And, okay. we, and I, and I had him comment on what are the ethics of like putting therapy on TV. And it's really interesting. I, I need to go back and listen to that because I'm very, very interested to see a lot of times they show these therapists, like they show Jax's therapist, they've shown Tom Schwartz in therapy, they showed Portia and Dennis in therapy on Atlanta. And it's like, mm-hmm. what are the ethics and how many hoops do you have to jump through to show this on TV? And it's it's so complicated. I can't imagine, you know. He, he really, he, he was actually like, because I was saying like, isn't it? isn't it distracting? Like, how can you have a real connection with, with a patient if there's like a sound guy and a camera guy and this, and he's like, actually it was just two people in the room. There was just one sound guy, one camera guy, and everybody else was outside the room, outside the therapy room. So like we got into it. Like, what does it actually look like filming wise to capture? Interesting. That's so funny. Who's caught you off guard the most? Patty Sanger. Okay. That interview is kind of what we go like very like toe to toe yeah she's yeah. an interesting I, I'm not the biggest fan to be honest of like a lot of things that she said especially yeah. to women about how to get men yeah. um, you know putting down curly hair straighten it it's all very focused on appearance and I don't really like to take relationship advice from someone who hasn't been in like that 
like stable of a relationship. <laughs> I'm like, right. let me talk to someone who's been married 30 years and I'll listen that way. And they probably don't care that I have curly hair sometimes. Right. But um, that's so interesting. So who do you really want to get interviews with next? Mm, I would say, I mean, I really, when, when I was doing Out in the Wild, I really had... I, I only, yeah, like I only like try to get interviews with people who I really feel I can get somewhere with, or I have, I do have an agenda, obviously, yeah. when I, it's like, this is what I want to, this is the meat of what I want to talk, you know, I'm, I'm a student of Howard Stern, I've, I'm a lifelong fan of his, and I kind of have studied his interviewing style, like, forever, you know, I, I was a celebrity interviewer for this independent website many, many years ago. So I've been doing this a long time and I know the journey that you have to take with an interview. So that having been said, I don't want somebody just because they're like currently on the show. Like right. I, I think it's more interesting to get people. Okay. I'll give you who, who dream interview. Yeah. Carol Radswell. Oh my God. I have so many questions for her in general, yeah. just about everything with Anthony and her like history, her decision to not remarry that she made kind of, she yeah. made that choice. Um, I would, yeah. All of that. There's so much. Yeah. I would, I, I find it way more interesting to talk to people who were previously on Bravo or previously on a show than the, than current cast members because current cast members they really can't say a lot except for Peter who's not except, really a cast member but doesn't exactly. realize he's not a cast member exactly I've interviewed him as well oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't normally do a lot of Bravo celebrity interviews but yeah he was interesting do you, do you watch um, Summer House oh yes so I, I interviewed both Carl and Kyle and. The, the, they were, the Kyle interview was very good. Interesting. I'd like to yeah. hear more from Carl about his sobriety journey now. And I wonder yeah. if that'll now be documented. He would, now he would be a good interview because, right. oh, you know who I would love to interview? James Kennedy. Oh my God. That would be my ideal because yes. there is so much going on with him and mm -hmm. his background. He's been pretty open about like his experience. He was on Lala and Randall's podcast talking a bit about his sobriety journey, yeah. but I feel like there's a lot more that we could learn and mm -hmm. that it'll be interesting when he hits his like one year mark. Were you a fan of uh, The Real World? I didn't watch it that much growing up, uh -huh. but I saw like, I think The Real World San Diego and New Orleans, maybe. Okay, so I interviewed, it's not out yet. It's going to come out in the next two weeks. It's already done. I it just, you know, <laughs> the Stasi news is like ever breaking. So I keep having to like bump things, <laughs> deal with things that are like current. Um, I interviewed, so one of the most formative people in my life, just from watching reality TV, you know, listen, I'm 37 years old. You know, I, I was a huge real world fan. Um, Danny Roberts from the real world, New Orleans. Okay, I remember one him. Of, he is one of the most interesting people that has ever been on reality TV. You know, his his relationship with him, this was on the year 2000 when I was in college, my freshman year of college, and he got cast in the real world, New Orleans. He, had, he was sort of out. He wasn't really even out to his family at the time. And he started a relationship with this guy named Paul who was in the military. And this was when Don't Ask, Don't Tell right. was still a policy where basically if you were found to be gay and in the military, you would be fired. You would be legally fired. And 
was it Clinton who eventually overturned Don't Ask, or was it was it actually Obama? It may be Obama. It was under Obama. Yeah. Under Obama. Okay. So I interviewed Danny, and we go deep ab- about everything, including real world Seattle, where Stephen uh, slapped Irene, which was like a very famous scene. Um, you may, you're looking at me I like, didn't. you don't know. No, I didn't see Seattle. <laughs> iconic, truly iconic. But like, we talk about, uh, you go in two weeks, like if, if you follow, if you subscribe to the podcast, that's coming. If for anybody who was a fan of Danny and the real world New Orleans, it, I'm, I'm very happy with that interview as well. Awesome. Yeah. This has been so fun. Where yeah. can everyone find your podcast and find you on social media? Sure. So the podcast is called Hot Takes and Deep Dives. It's you know every pod. It's on every podcast platform wherever you're listening to Mandy. And my Instagram is JessXNYC. And my you know yeah I would say just follow me there and then there you'll see a link to like I promote all the episodes that I do in the interviews and like do funny stuff during the week under Hot Takes Deep Dives on Instagram as well. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to have to have you back when you Thank are, you. when the part airs that you are at the uh, Countess Luann F. Mary Kill, not yeah. premiere, but whatever they ended Rehearsal. up doing. Rehearsal. Rehearsal. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait. I cannot wait to hear what that was like because that it was just amazing. It was nutty. I'm very <laughs> interested to see what they show because it was weird <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if that will translate on camera because sometimes you can really feel the mood in the room from the tv and other yeah, times was, you can't it was, fine. it was a sign like the people there were into it I mean I was also part of the um you know that like comedy show she did that like yes because I, I reached out to you and I said that yeah. I saw you on tv <laughs> that that was way more weird and awkward than then Louis right. thing was fine. I don't know why I'm saying it. I mean, it was just like dumb. So, you yeah. know, there's like, like slot machines. Well, it's also kind of weird just to have such few people because I feel like a show like that would have a larger audience, even if it's a rehearsal. It was in like, a very, but it was a very small room. It was like a really picture, like a music room in your high school. That's literally where we were. Okay. Yeah. So it was like 20 people. Uh, yeah. It was just like a small Space. Small space. Okay. Small. Well, have a wonderful afternoon. I'm going to be Thank posting you. this soon and cool. look forward to chatting more. Thank you. Also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh?
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.